Welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my home school, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus, because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. So welcome back to the podcast. I hope you were able to listen in on last week's episode. I had a special guest on and we talked about normalizing normal homes. Jenny Naninga joined us last week. She lives in an 800 square foot home with her five children, her husband, and we just talked about, you know, looking at our homes really as our dwelling place and what are we uh, purposing our homes for and you know just normalizing normal homes because you know face it we don't all have picture uh, Pinterest perfect houses and it was just it was a really great conversation I've received so much really good feedback so I'd encourage you to go check that one out if you haven't heard it we're going to talk today about a subject near and dear to my heart I'm going to talk to you about a lesson I learned um, from my grandma actually and what that lesson has shown me over the years especially as a self-employed family so stay tuned we're going to talk about that in a minute before before I start, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, as always, Apologia. Apologia is an amazing homeschool curriculum provider, Christ-centered, biblically-based. You can find um, online learning. You can find um, digital learning, traditional textbook learning. And right now, you can also save 20% on notebooks, audio, video, planners and receive shipping on orders over $150 and that's in the contiguous United States. One thing I wanted to mention about their planners, I think the best homeschool planner I ever got, and if you guys know, I kind of had a planner addiction at one time in my life, was the one that I bought from um, Apology if they still have it. It's the ultimate homeschool planner. I also love, love, love their notebooks that go with the textbooks. We always use that when we did Apologia Science for our youngers, like for the K to 6 curriculum. Oh, actually, we use the notebooks in high school too as well. But I absolutely adored the notebooks. I think that was very helpful. So you, right now you can save 20%. Go over and check out their website at apologia.com because you can find all the goodies that they offer. Plus they have a lot of free resources for the homeschooling family. So go check it out at apologia.com. So we also have some new things going on here in the hobby farm. I don't think I've talked about the hobby farm lately, but we have two new goats, which I probably have mentioned here on the podcast, but I wanted to give you an update because they're doing so great and they're so cute. And, um, you know, we, over the years, I've shared with you guys about our simple living here on the hobby farm. And 
it's make pretend, really. Like we are not farmers. It's just, you know, I wanted to have the simple life and we got our property now eight years ago. We'll be next month. We're here eight years. Many of you walked that journey with us. And um, over the years, you know, we've done the gardening. We've gotten animals. It's actually surprising. My boys and I were talking the other day. We started getting animals two years in when we were here. So it's only been six years. We have gone through a lot of animals. And like we were talking about it and I was like, you know what? We've really done a lot in the six years. We've gone through two flocks of chickens. We're on the second flock now. We've gone through two flocks of guineas. None of them exist anymore. They've all been, um, you know, taken by predators. We had a rabbit at one time, but she, we really don't know what happened. We only had her six weeks. Um, we had well, we had a dog for a few weeks. That's a whole nother story. Um, we had um, the goats and then we got another one and now we have another one. So we have four goats right now. Uh, we've gone through a few different uh, sets of ducks and we're only down to one duck now, sadly. Uh, little Peaches, she's our little queen duck. Um, but we've gone through uh, Peaches and Puddles were our first ducks and then they have babies and we had Gino and Junie. Um, for, unfortunately, they've all uh, been taken by predators. We also had ducks before that, uh, two different sets. So we've gone through a lot of animals in six years. I feel like we've done a lot. Um, we gave our garden a rest this year. We just grew pumpkins. And we'll see what next year, what we're going to do. Um, but every year is different. And that's okay. This year, you know, we needed to really simplify things. And we didn't do our garden. And um, we're just kind of taking it slower around here. But I still absolutely love living here. I love the quietness. I love the stars at night. Oh my goodness. I rarely go out at night, but <laughs> last night we had to run to the grocery store and, um, we came home and I looked up and I was like, whoa, like it's just so beautiful because there's no city lights around here or anything like that. So I love living out here. Update on our simple homeschool life. We are loving homeschool this year. Our homeschool this year kind of just meshes in with our life. We really are not like every day, okay, it's time to do school. I only have two left at home. One's a senior who only has a few credits left that he needs. One is an eighth grader. They each have, you know, the things they need to do, their math, their language arts, and things like that. And then we're just doing this giant unit study I've talked about before on plants and animals of the Bible that I've put together. If you want to hear an entire episode about that, an update, I can do that. If you want to hear a, if you'd rather hear it on a video like a YouTube or a Facebook or a Instagram live, just let me know what is the best way to share that because I'd love to update you guys on that. But homeschool is going great. Like I said, it just meshes in with our life. There really isn't a big distinction between homeschool and life. I always say that we live our life and then our homeschool fits in. Homeschool is not our whole life, and then we try to fit in other stuff. It is, we live our life, we do our things, and it's all a very natural um, way of learning. So what I wanted to talk today, though, my main topic, I just felt the need to update you on the hobby farm and the homeschool, because I always say that at the beginning of the episode. Um, but what I wanted to talk about today, I had this idea for this podcast to record, and I meant to record it earlier. I don't usually record on Saturday and Saturday morning when I'm recording right now. It's why my voice is a little raspy. <laughs> it's early in the morning. Um, I don't usually record uh, this late, but I guess God had a plan because I had my topic and I kind of knew what I wanted to talk about. And then my husband and I, last night after dinner, we were sitting at the table. The boys 
went off to do something. We were just kind of like hanging out, which I feel like hasn't happened in a long time where we've just sat down for like a long time and just chatted and talked. And as we were talking, we got onto this subject and I was like, this is kind of what I was going to talk about on the podcast. And then I think it turned into poor Steve. It turned into like a Friday night sermon, I said, because I was just like saying all this stuff. And I was like, oh, this is good for the podcast. This is good for the podcast. So anyway, I want to talk about some lessons we've learned as a uh, self-employed family. That was our lifestyle choice. You know, we wanted to simplify our lives. It has been the best decision we've ever made. It doesn't mean by any means we are rich because we are not. And that was one of our topics of discussion last night. So I will talk about that in a minute. Um, It doesn't mean necessarily that it's easy. um, But by far for us, the trade-offs have been well worth it. The biggest trade-off of all is we control our time. We control, you know, the days that we work. We control um, when we work, how we work. We know that God is the one in control of our work. And most of all, the best thing is we have been able to spend so much time with our children over the years. And my husband has been able to be all hands-on because he has control over his business. Um, So we're going to talk about that, you know, a lot in this episode. But really, the biggest thing that I wanted to touch on was what I was before we even had our conversation last night, which I'm going to get into in a second with you guys and fill you in as if you were sitting at that kitchen table. Um, you know, my grandmother, she lived a very simple life. I've been thinking about her a lot lately. She lived upstairs from us. So I spent a lot of time with her and she was always, uh, I want to say my biggest cheerleader. She always encouraged me. She always made me feel like, um, you know, I was doing all right, even if I wasn't, uh, even when I was going through some of the roughest times in my life, she just seemed like she had blinders on and didn't realize that I was, you know, maybe not the, um, uh, angel she thought I was, but in her eyes, she always thought, you know, that, um, she was always encouraging me. And so, when I first got married, she lived, I actually lived downstairs from her. So we grew up with her living upstairs and my parents and us, we lived downstairs. And then when I got married, my parents had bought a new home. My grandmother wasn't quite ready to leave yet because this was the house that she grew up in. And so she had lived in this house her entire life. And my parents said, why don't you, because we were just married right out of college. We had no money. They were like, why don't you guys stay downstairs, pay us a little bit of rent. We'll move to our new home. And then when grandma is ready, she will come with us. And so my first year, uh, first two years of marriage, I spent living downstairs for my grandma as well. And so I would often go upstairs at night and have tea with her. And, um, we, you know, I took her to her doctor appointments and her errands and things like that. So we, we got to spend a lot of time together. And during that last two years, she would often come downstairs and give me things. Um, She would give me little knickknacks, little tchotchkes, you know, but a lot of like nice things that were nice to be handed down, Um, not really like of worth, but like just because they were from my grandma. And so I still have a few of those things to this day. And one thing in particular I have is her Pyrex bowl set. Now, you know, the Pyrex bowls from, I believe, like, I want to say 
Let's see. She was married, I think, in 1937. And I'm pretty sure she said she got these for her first wedding anniversary as a surprise for my grandpa. So I feel like that's not correct. But I think it is. I remember her telling me that. So these bowls are very old. And it's that set where there's one yellow, one blue, one red, and then one turquoise. Like they nest inside of each other and they get smaller. So she gave those to me. And I've always loved having them. I use them all the time. Um, And several years ago, one of them broke. The red bowl broke. I forget how it broke. I don't know if I dropped it or something happened. And I was so sad that I dropped the red bowl. And I was so sad that I don't have the complete set. And, you know, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is that my grandma, who lived, like I said, very simple, she didn't have a lot of stuff. She had a smaller home. Uh, She didn't really, like, as far as I can remember, shopping wasn't, like, you know, high on her list of things. It was, like she was thrilled with whatever she had. And we talk about this to this day. Every day was like, wasn't that the most wonderful day? Like if we took her anywhere, it was the most wonderful time. We still say it to this day. Her legacy lives on. We say, wasn't that a wonderful time? Because she would say that if you took her to McDonald's, those were the best French fries I ever had. Like everything was the best, most wonderful time. And so she really had that gratitude, that attitude of gratitude. And, you know, I rarely would hear her complain or things like that. Um, But she would always say to me when she would give me things, you know, I'm going to give you this now because I can't take it with me. You know, she knew, I guess she's nearing the last years of her life. She was older at the time when she was giving me these things. And she would always, always say as she gave them to me, you know, I want you to have this because what am I going to do with it? You can't take it with you. I can still hear her voice saying that you can't take it with you. And so... I think that is such a lesson that I learned is, you know, you can't take any of these things with you, but there are so many things that we do leave behind that aren't material. And I've talked about this a lot, how we as a society focus on the externals. As Christians, we should be focusing on the eternals. And so even though I broke that Pyrex red bowl, I didn't break anything that my grandmother actually passed on to me. I can't break what she passed on to me. It lives inside of me. It's part of me. And there's nothing I can do to ever destroy the legacy that she actually left. Same thing for Steve's grandmother. I said to him recently, uh, or in our talk last night, I said to him, like, your grandmother lives with me all the time because his grandmother, I've talked, I think I did an entire podcast episode on her after she passed away a little over a year ago. You can find that in the archives. She lived quite the simple life. She lived quite the amazing life. I mean, sent her husband to World War II, sent her sons to Vietnam, um, you know, had two sets of twins back in the 40s, uh, 14 months apart, lived in a, you know, smaller apartment, um, never like ever uh, was seeking after the things of this world, I felt like. Like that didn't excite her either, going shopping or anything like that. But the things that she has taught me about how to be a good wife, especially um, mothering, just the the lessons, like I would sit down and talk with her sometimes and we would just, li- I would just listen like for like an hour or more. And I was just like always learning from her. So 
you know, things that she would have passed down to me, I'm not going to take with me to heaven. They can get destroyed here on earth. Um, I do have some things from her. Actually, she gave us um, her engagement ring when we got engaged because we didn't have any money. Um, But like even those things, as special as they are, what really lives on are the things that she taught me. And it's not that even after I pass away, those things are gone because I will hopefully in my life pass those lessons on in just the way I live my life and also in passing the lessons on to my children who will then pass those on to their next generation. So how you live is affecting your children and those around you. And you may not even realize it, but you can't stop that being passed on. And so I can break the bowl, but I cannot break my grandma's spirit that lives inside me. And those are the things that we pass on. So I just love the idea of really meditating on that often. I mean, it's biblical. The Bible tells us to store our treasure in heaven, right? The Bible tells us why do we store up things that can be destroyed? Moth and rust can destroy. Thieves can break in and steal our stuff. But what can never be stolen is the legacy of who we are. And if we are living for Christ, what a legacy we are passing down, right? If we are teaching and modeling our children how to be a disciple of Christ, we aren't even just affecting them. We are affecting who they come in contact with. We are affecting their children. We are affecting generations to come. And let's face it, we need that more than ever. My husband and I last night were also talking, this is just an aside, about right now, how this generation is so confused. If you look around in our culture, you know, everything that used to be wrong is right. There is no right and wrong. You can live however you want. You can define anything you want. There is no more absolute truth. And I said to my husband, It's one thing right now that there's this confusion going on, but what happens when this confused generation is going to raise the next generation? That's my fear. What's going to become of the children of this confused generation? And so we, as Christians, more than ever, we are not confused. We are not living in chaos. We are the ones that are grounded in the truth. We can pass that down. In the midst of all this, you know, crooked and depraved generation, we shine, as it says in Philippians, like lights in the midst of it. And so it's more important than ever to not worry about what we're passing down, you know, as tangible items to our children. But we're passing down the truth. We're passing down a legacy. And we're passing down Jesus. And that is so much more important than anything. You cannot, you know, take anything with you to heaven, but you can certainly take the things, the relationships that you built, and you can pass that down. Um, You know, so last night when Steve and I were talking, we were talking about all this stuff, and I was saying, you know, uh, about how you can't take it with you, and look at the things we have taught our kids, and I was saying, even my daughter, she is out there ministering to uh, teenagers um, at her church, and I said to him, you know, look at the work she's doing because that th- these teens this is the what i'm talking about this like they're being raised in this confused society and what about the kids 
that are going to come from that generation. I was like, you know, what she is doing is so important. Like forget the externals, forget money, forget the stuff. Like that is the stuff that matters because there could be one teenager there who is lost that she comes in contact with, she ministers to, who comes to know uh, the saving grace of Jesus Christ, who then they have children and they pass it down and those children pass it down and not just to their children, but to everyone they come in contact with. The ripple effect is huge, right? I can't create a ripple effect like that from Pyrex bowls, but I can create a ripple effect passing down the things that truly matter most. So Steve and I were talking last night, our whole conversation started because of money. And he was talking about retirement. And you know, as a self-employed family, Let's face it, things are very different, right? We don't have uh, our company, a company that is giving us a pension. We don't have all these benefits that you may get from a corporation. And, you know, he sometimes, Steve doesn't worry about anything, but sometimes I can see on his uh, radar that he does get anxious about retirement in the future because you know, we kind of went into a self-employed lifestyle, not really thinking ahead to like, oh, there's not going to be a pension and things like that. And I looked at him and I was like, first of all, first of all, I ch- it's funny. I'm the one who worries about money in the here and now. He worries about in the future. So maybe we balance each other. But I was like, I have no worry about like our older years. I said, first of all, we are not guaranteed to have older years. <laughs> I said, I don't want to spend, you know, 20 years worrying about a future that may not happen. Now, that's not saying you don't be prudent because he's saying, you know, we have to plan for the future, which of course we do. But my number one motivating factor in anything I have done ever, ministry-wise and even for his business and even for my job that I'm doing now at my church, my number one motivating factor will never be money. In fact, it cannot be. The Bible says you can't serve two masters. When I run Simply Living for Him, my motivating factor has always been you, the listeners, the readers, the people that I come in contact to at events when I speak. Those are my motivating factors, knowing that in this crooked and confused generation, that I could present truth. My motivating factor has always had to be clear that I am building the kingdom. I'm not building a pension. I'm not trying to, uh, if money is my, see, the thing is, if money was my motivating factor, and there have been times where as a, uh, you know, Simple Living for Him is run as a business. It's not a nonprofit, even though I'll be honest with you, there's not very much profit, but I run it that way. Um, and I know that uh, money will never have been my motivate will never be my motivating factor. It always has been if if God wants to bless simply living for him financially, then that's going to happen. If not, we just need enough to sustain the business and do what I do to keep the podcast running, to keep the community open, um, to keep, you know, the website going, to travel to events, to host events, things like that. You know, God will always provide. That has always been. But of course, 
as a self-employed person, there is always that struggle and tension and that angst of, you know, oh dear, are we going to have enough to run a retreat? Oh dear, am I going to have enough to pay for the community next year? Oh dear, am I going to have enough to keep going with all the things I do? Because let's face it, our time, you know, is an investment as well. And it takes a lot of time uh, to require... I don't hire out anybody. I record the podcast. I edit the podcast. I market the podcast. Um, you know, everything I do, I'm a one woman show. Same thing with the retreat. So, you know, I have a little help here and there for my family, but you know, mostly everything I do is, is, uh, solely on me. So it takes a lot, a lot of time and time is valuable as well. But I always had to trust that the Lord would repay us or repay some living for him or me in whatever means he saw fit. But I could never, Steve and I sat down one day and made a huge like proclamation to ourselves that money will never be our motivating factor. Our motivating factor will always be to let God lead us. And that goes now, he is the breadwinner of the family. So of course, money for him is a little bit more important, right? To really make sure that he's providing for our family. We went through a time this summer where it got really thin in the bank account, where we were really worried because there was a lot of expenses. Um, and it was a little bit nerve wracking at the time. We had a lot of unexpected expenses. Um, and then what happens? I get a job at my church. I never even expected that to happen. Like God is always providing. God is always showing us just be patient, walk through this situation and I will provide. And he certainly does. So, but for Steve, you know, I understand that as the head of the house, the provider of our family, it can be nerve wracking. Um, but of course, we still know that God is our source of provision. When he started his own business, he said right then and there, like, God is a CEO of this, you know, um, business. Otherwise, it's not going to work. It's going to fail. We always have to go back to letting God lead us in business decisions. God lead us in ministry decisions. God lead us in financial decisions. Because in the end, we know, like I said, that we are not here to build our own little kingdom. We are here to build his kingdom. So God is always my motivating factor. Jesus is my motivating factor. Money is not. I am not building a pension. I am building the kingdom because that is what lasts. So when we were talking last time about retirement, and all this stuff. And I'm saying to him, I will never trade for a million years the lifestyle that we chose, even with the stressors sometimes, like, is there going to be enough money? Even with the unknowns about retirement, I will never trade like 40 years of our life so that you could go work for a corporate, build a pension, and we could be quote unquote secure but not have had all of the things that we have been able to have because of the lifestyle you chose. I said, we are able to go on trips together. You were able to join me in my ministry and go to events and go help me do things. We were able to spend so much time with our children. My husband is so all hands on deck, like with the children, with the boys. He literally every night, it's like, what are we doing tonight, fellas? They're always doing something. On his days off, he is home. But he's also teaching them how to run a business, you know, giving them that um, 
that knowledge that he's passing down. He has always chosen family over work. He has always chosen God over everything. And so we have to remember that we are not here to work our whole lives so that we can have a comfortable retirement. We're not even guaranteed to be living. I said to Steve last night, I don't even know. You're worried about retirement. I don't even know if I'll be here. And I'm not trying to be morbid, but I'm like, so we're going to like stress out about something that we don't know if it's going to happen. Now, balancing that with, yes, of course, we want to be prudent. and We want to have a plan, but I'm certainly not going to stress about it. And I certainly, I told him I would rather in my retirement sell this house. I go, I'll live in a tiny little van like, <laughs> you know, like one of those little transit vans or a little RV. I said, I'll live in something or a tiny, tiny, tiny home if it's just me and you sell this house because at that point, we have, you know, launched our children. We have done everything we need to do. I said, but I wouldn't trade the time that we have had here in this home with our children for anything. I said, I would never have wanted you to work, you know, a typical corporate job, work for a system, work for someone else that you have to answer to who probably doesn't have your morals and your values, who probably isn't letting God lead their business, you know, and praise the Lord, even his one big, big major client that he spends most of his days working at is a Christian company. So praise the Lord, you know, even when he's in that situation, it's still run with a kingdom-minded perspective. But You know, I said to him, you could have easily, when we were over there 25 years old, trying to figure out, you know, where you're going to work, we could have easily gone for the corporate job that was going to provide a comfortable paycheck. Yet I know in the beginning of our marriage, he was working that kind of a job. He was coming home two o'clock in the morning. There was one night he didn't come home at all because when you're working in the field he was in, if there's a deadline, you don't go home. There's no hours. He was working an hour away, so he was driving a ton. Um, In the early years of our marriage, he was taking the train into New York City, back when we lived out um, closer to New York City. And, you know, it was just the amount of stress and all of that for what? Like, you get one life to live. Now, I am not, please hear me on this. Please hear me on this. When I talk about this subject, This is the convictions that we have for our family. I am not over here saying you can't work for corporate America. I am not over here saying that if your husband has that type of job, that it's wrong. I am here to say that you follow God wherever he leads. That's really the only right thing. God could lead you into corporate America, and that is exactly where you should be. For us, we knew 100% that... God was leading him to do self, you know, to have a, his own business, to be a self-employed family. He was leading us in that direction, even though it didn't feel, quote unquote, secure. It didn't feel uh, like, you know, quote unquote, it was going to be, you know, financially um, beneficial or, or whatever, especially, like I said, in retirement. But these are choices that we, we, not saying everyone should make the same choices, These are choices that we have made for our family over the years. And everyone listening should solely follow God. Never follow ever 
a podcaster, a writer, Karen DeBuse, because she's saying it, never, ever, ever, ever follow anyone but the Lord's leading. So I'm just telling my story, what the Lord has taught us. I would hope it would encourage you if you've been thinking like, are you tired of the rat race? You know, that maybe God is calling you to reevaluate your choices. If you're happily, you know, living in corporate America, then by all means, follow God, you know, into corporate America. So this isn't, you know, ever to say our way is the only way. It certainly isn't. There are people that are missionaries around the world. God hasn't called us to that. There are people who are doctors and lawyers. God hasn't called us to that. There are people who are working jobs in corporate America. God hasn't called us to that. God has called us, the Debuse family, to be a self-employed family and to live this kind of simple lifestyle, playing with our goats out here, you know, and that's for us. But again, you have to go evaluate what God is calling you and your family to. Just like last week when we had Jenny on and she talked about her small house, that doesn't mean like, oh, well, you know, you have to have a small house in order to, you know, live this Christian life. She was so um, beautiful in how she described that, you know, the challenges and the blessings of it. And that this is what God has called them to do. So again, we always want God to be our motivating factor in anything, not money. Um, And you know, I see though around us so many people, they cling so tightly to this world. You know, they, they do, they, they work the job, they do the things because number one, we kind of get caught up and we feel like it's what we're supposed to do because it's what everybody else is doing. Um, Because I remember somebody said to us one time, you know, forgetting that we were a self-employed family and they were like, how could, you know, so-and-so do that? Like take a, you know, like not have a typical uh, job. How could they like have their own business? There's no pension in that. There's no security. And I'm sitting over there like, yeah, that's kind of what we do, you know? And we love it. You know, the trade-offs are huge. I don't want to spend our whole life working for something in the future, number one, that isn't guaranteed. And number two, I said to him, at that point, our kids will be gone and we'll have already given them everything that are the real things that we want to pass down, right? Just like I said at the beginning of this episode, my grandmother, Steve's grandmother, they passed down to me things that are not tangible. And I said to him the same thing. We're going to pass down to our children the things that we taught them in all those years where we spent all that time and discipling um, with them. We are passing down to them, Lord willing, you know, uh, a legacy of, of Jesus, you know, and we are passing down to them all the lessons that we taught them. So we don't have a big pension. We don't have a big retirement plan. And uh, we can't leave them this great inheritance, but we can leave them a legacy that is far greater because they will then pass that down to the next generation. And listen, this, like I said, generation right now is confused and crooked and what is going on, right? We don't need any more money to be passed down. We don't need any more uh, materialism and consumerism to be passed down. We need Jesus to be passed down. And so when we look at our lives and we remember we get one chance, we get one life, and we don't know how long it's ending up, how long it's going to end up being, 
your perspective changes. Trust for God to provide. Trust if you follow him, he's going to provide what you need. We are certainly not rich. Like I said, we had a lot of unexpected emergency expenses this summer. We were a little panicked. I mean, but it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off for the lifestyle that we have given our children. I hope that I have given my children riches that are far greater, treasures that are far beyond anything that this earth could provide. And, you know, quite frankly, no matter what in this country, we are all pretty well off, right, compared to what it could be. If you have a roof over your head, you're well off. It's just that, you know, our society makes it feel like you have to have the biggest home, the biggest kitchen, the biggest whatever it is, the nicest cars, the biggest, um, you know, most perfect home because if that's what you see on HGTV, forget it. You can't take any of that with you. Why do we spend so much time building up our earthly life and not living for our heavenly home? Why do we spend so much time chasing after the things of this world which are going to slip through our fingers someday? We spend all this time collecting things and going after things and acquiring more. And there's going to come a day where all of that is going to be left here collecting dust still and you're going to be gone. But what is going to last is how you lived your life. People are going to remember the things you taught them. They're going to remember how you made them feel. And Lord willing, you're going to have taught them Jesus. Lord willing, you're going to have shown them Jesus's love. Lord willing, you will have made an impact to grow the kingdom of God because that is eternal. The stuff on this earth is all going to be destroyed one day. So why are we investing our whole life in that? Why do we invest, just like it says in Matthew, why do we store our treasures in heaven? Why do we invest in something that's going to be destroyed? Thieves will break in and steal. It will rust and decay. Because it temporarily makes us feel good. It temporarily makes us feel satisfied. It temporarily makes us feel accomplished. We like to show off to others. Is it our pride? When you're single-minded and you live for Christ alone, he provides all that you need, not all that you want, not all that society tells you you need, all that you need. And you focus on the things that will last. You store your treasures in heaven. That is your legacy. You pass down to the next generation something far greater than anything that is tangible. You pass on the greatest inheritance of all, the inheritance of the kingdom, the inheritance of Jesus. And so a Pyrex bowl broke, was destroyed. Did it destroy the things my grandma taught me? No. And I pray that my children and the people, the lessons that I've taught them that now live inside them, that they will then teach others. That is what I'm passing down to the next generation. And so self-employed family, not self-employed family, whatever your lifestyle is, the message is the same. You can't take it with you. Look at that. Grandma's little lesson is now getting shared with thousands and thousands of podcast listeners this week. Did she ever think when she told me that one day, you can't take it with you, that I would be able 
to pass that down to my children and then be, you know, able to pass that down to thousands of people every week around the world. And whoever those thousands come in contact with, they may take on that, um, that message and they may live that out. Boy, Grandma, you really passed on a really rich treasure to the world with that one lesson. So go out there and be like Grandma. Pass out, pass down your lessons to the next generation. Not your stuff. Don't try to acquire things on earth. Store your treasures in heaven. I hope that this encouraged you today. I'd love to hear from you if you are struggling with this, if you feel like you've been kind of caught in that rat race of a lifestyle. We have several podcast episodes in the archives about when we decided to become a work-at-home family, a self-employed family, um, how losing Steve losing his job became the biggest blessing in our lives. You can find that podcast episode in the archives. I'll try to link them in the show notes. If I forget, just go into the archives. You will find them back there. Just scroll through all the old episodes. You will also find us talking a few times, I think, on the podcast together about the blessing of being a self-employed family, all the lessons that we've learned over the years. But I'd love to hear from you if this struck a chord, if it um, you know, caused you to say, hmm, I, you know, I want to know more. Reach out to me. You can always message me at Karen at simplylivingforhim.com. You can go to anchor.fm slash simplylivingforhim and leave me a voice message. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to continue the conversation. Share this message with your friends. I believe it's something we all need to remember that we can't take stuff with us. We can't um, acquire anything here on heaven, I mean on earth, that we're going to take to heaven. But the lessons that we pass down are truly the most important. And we really want to stay focused on Jesus. So I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today. Simply live.